Hallelujah. For those of you without, I have brand new mask here. You can get some so that um, you'll be safe. I know no one here is with Corona. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There's brand new mask. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Except if you are allergic to it, then that's fine. Hallelujah. If you want to walk by faith without a mask, that's still fine. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. And by the way, don't be scared because the fan is at the back. Whatever comes out, it comes to me. And the anointing will break those yokes. <laughs> Amen. I trust you. There is no one sick in the house by the special grace of God. That has been our prayers, right? That God will protect and preserve us. And he's been faithful. Amen. He's been faithful to all of our members, our family members, and thank God for his mercies. Amen. Shall we just raise up our hands and say thank you, Jesus, for preserving our lives, for preserving our loved ones. It is because of who you are, Lord. Just give him the praise. Give him the glory. Give him the adoration. Give him all the worship that he deserves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. Hallelujah. You will not be among the number in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall not be a victim. You shall not be lost. Hallelujah. By the grace of God, last week we began a series and we were looking at the danger of unequally yoked. Praise God. We were able to deal with part one and so today we're going to be looking at part two of the danger of unequally yoked. Amen. I'm going to be very fast because I want to be able to finish on time. Amen. If you have your Bible with you, let's look at the book of Numbers, chapter 33, verse number 55. Numbers 33. In fact, I'll begin off from verse number 50. Numbers 33. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the plain of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall drive out, remember we emphasized on that last week, we shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, praise God, drive them out and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down all their high places and ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein for I have giving you the land to possess it. Praise God. That is what the word of God says. God says, I have given it to you. It is all yours. Go and do what? Possess it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 40, uh, 54. It says, And ye shall divide the land by lot for the inheritance among the families, and to more ye shall give the more inheritance, and to the fewer ye shall give the less inheritance. Shall, uh, ye shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in a place where his lot falleth. Praise God. According to the tribes of your fathers, ye shall inherit. Verse 55. I want us to pay attention to that. And these are our focus, or well, our focus last week. As to some of the reasons why God asked them to drive these inhabitants that were in the land. But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants, that is the enemies, the idol worshippers, 
this wicked inhabitants, these people that are not part of God's covenant, if you fail to drive them out of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass. This is what is going to happen to you. It shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes. Remember that? They shall be pricks in your eyes and tongues in your sides, praise God, and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. Moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. Dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Praise God. In other words, God said to them, they must destroy the enemies. If they fail to destroy the enemies, these very enemies will become prick in their eyes. Praise God. These enemies will blur their visions. These enemies will terminate their visions. These enemies will, will, will trespass their sight, their focus in life. Praise God. Their, their plans and all God's purpose for them. It, they will become prick in their eyes and tongue in their flesh. Praise God. Which means that they will make them uncomfortable. Praise God. They will hurt them. They will become infirmities. They will become afflictions. Praise God. And so God says, destroy them. Not only that they will become prick in your eyes, they will become, um, um, the Bible says, they will become also prick in your, on your side. Uh, sorry, tongues on your side. The Bible says, they will vex you. They will never give you peace. They will never give you rest. They will vex you in the land wherein you dwell. It is a promised land. It is a land that flows with milk and honey. It ought to be a land of peace. It ought to be a land of rest. It ought to be a, a, a land of, of harmony. A land of fulfillment. But if you're not careful, you will enter into that land and you will still not have the peace that you ought to have. Praise God. And then in verse 56, it says, Moreover, it shall come to pass. This makes it worse. Not only that the people are going to afflict you and hurt you because you tolerated or accommodated or compromised with them, but God himself, the Bible says, God himself will punish you. The punishment that he ought to have punished these people, he will punish you. That makes it worse. Did you see that there? 56 says, moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. Praise God. So in other words, failing to destroy the enemies, putting down their graven images, their pictures, and all that they possess, dispossessing them, if we fail to do that, the Bible says that they will afflict us, they will blow our visions into our destiny, take our peace away, destroy and damage us, and always become tongue in our flesh. But yet, the Bible says, God himself will come and bring upon us that which he thought to have brought upon our enemies. That will not be your case in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 down to verse 18, the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 down to verse 18. Today we're going to go deeper and I pray that God will enable us so that we will not live the same way we came in the name of the Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 down to verse 18. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship are the righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion at light with darkness, and what concord 
hath Christ with Belial, or what power hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement, look at all the questions, what fellowship, what concord, what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God had said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. That is you now. He will dwell in you. He will walk with you, praise God. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. What a privilege. What an opportunity. Verse 17. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye what? Discrimination. Segregation. Separation. God says be separated, separated, separated. But pastor, ah, we should love one another. Yes. He didn't say don't love them. You can still love people and still be separated from them. God still loves them and still he caused the rain to fall on them, the sun still shine on them. But he's not their God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye shepherds, hear the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. God says he is going to receive you and will be a father unto you, a father unto us. Praise God. And we shall be sons and daughters of his. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that is what God had said. That is thus said the Almighty. Praise God. Last week, by the grace of God, we were able to look at three giants' mentors. Hallelujah. These were our heads in the Christian faith. We looked at the life of um, Solomon. That the Bible says he was the wisest man. Not even was, but presently there is no one upon the face of the earth that is as wise as Solomon was. Praise God. So the Bible clearly says that the wisest man that ever lived upon the face of the earth eventually became a victim of this. Why? Because he failed to take the instruction of God. He ended up having 300 wives, 700 concubines. Praise God. And the Bible says that these women, they turned his heart away from God. And he began to worship idol. You remember that last week? In so much that they turned him away from God and they turned him towards idol. And a man that was born with the covenant of God upon his life, his father was the king over Israel. Wisest upon the face of the earth. The question is, how can such a wise man, praise God, make such a deadly mistake? You must learn from it. Don't say, oh, pastor, I can't. Uh, no, don't worry, don't worry, I'm strong enough. I can handle it. No, no, no. Remember I concluded last week Sunday that you must be very careful that whatever God says, don't do. If you think you can do it, you think you're smarter and wiser than God, it is eminent that you're going to be hurt or you're going to be a victim. You're going to fail. Whatever God cannot do, don't try to do it. Whatever God says run away from, don't try to fight. Praise God. Whatever God says destroy and kill, destroy and kill. The Bible says that Saul was rejected of, from being king because he kept that which God told him to kill. Praise God. Hallelujah. We looked at another man by the name of Samson. The Bible says, take note of this, he was the strongest and the mightiest ever lived upon the face of the earth. The man had a covenant from his mother's womb. He had seven logs on his head. And yet, take note of this now. As strong as he was, he failed. Why? Because he didn't take heed to the word of God. He went after strange women and also went after Delilah. And Delilah taught him the strategy and the lessons of the Philistines. Scraped the anointing off his head and he died a shameful death. 
leader, the Bible says, he was the most powerful man in the New Testament. After the death uh, uh, of Jesus Christ, you see that clearly. That he was the leader, the head of the New Testament church. How can, take note now, take note. How can the most wisest man became a victim of this? How can the most strongest man became a victim of unequally yoke? How can also the most, pow uh, the most uh, powerful man became a victim of unequally yoke? The strongest, the wisest, the most powerful, all of them ended up making a mistake. They ended up becoming a victim of unequally yoked. If they fail and they falter, beloved, you must be very serious about this. Very, very serious about this. In this life, beloved, your friend can determine your destiny. Your friends can determine what your future or the color of the future will look like. I'm telling you. There are some friends that will help and there are some that will mislead you and destroy your destiny. Praise God. There are some that will deliver you and there are some, take note now, they will take you to places that will, they will never be able to bring you out of. Praise God. They will get you involved into activities or into projects that will destroy you. And you that got in there, they will come out and yet you will end up in there and you will never come out. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every time we disobey the instruction of God, every time we, we disobey God's commandment, it is eminent that we are going to suffer the consequences. Praise God. Today we're going to be looking at two other major individuals in our Bible. And trust me, when you look at this man, you look at what happened to them, praise God. This we're going to, uh, is going to create some form of uh, fear within you. Let's look at the book of Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's see that quickly and allow God to bless our lives. Praise God. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Thank you, Jesus. I'll be reading from verse 31 down to 37. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 31 down to 37. And Jehoshaphat, take note of this now. Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. Take note of this man, the attribute of this man. Praise God. As a leader, the Bible says he reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he began to reign. Young man. And he reigned, praise God, he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And his mother's name was Azuba, the daughter of Shili. And take note, verse 32, very interesting and important for you to note. And he walked in the way of Asher, his father, and departed not from it, praise God, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. You see that there? A God-fearing man. The man that loved God. The man that is humble and obedient. Praise God. The man that trembled at the will of God. The man that wanted to please God. He served God according to the way his father served the Lord. In the sight of the Lord, he pleased God. The Bible says, take note that he did that which was right. He did that which was right. He lived that which was right. He obeyed that which was right. He followed after that which was right. How be it, verse 33 says, the high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not prepared their heart unto the God of their fathers. Now the rest of the act of Jehoshaphat, first and the last, behold, they are written in the book of Jehu, the son of Anani, 
who is mentioned in the book of the king of Israel. Praise God. Verse 35, take note and begin to see the change. And after this, did Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, what did he do? He joined himself with Isaiah, king of Israel, who did what? Very wickedly. This is where the trouble began. A good man, a man that did that which was right in the sight of God, a man that was humble, God-fearing, loving the will of God, tremble at the presence of God, now he got himself affiliated, joined together with another king of Israel by the name of Isaiah. The Bible says he did very wickedly. Did you see that? Now, one thing I want to point out before I proceed is that Never you think that because you are too holy enough, you are too committed enough, you are prayerful enough, you are powerful enough, oh, I can handle this man, I can handle this woman, I can deal with this set of people, I can handle this situation. Let me show you the greatest deception. The greatest deception is that you think because you are up there, you are capable of dealing with those who are down there. But what you fail to realize is that because you are up there, you are much more vulnerable because you have everything to fight for. That's number one. Those who are down there, they have nothing to fight for. They have nothing to de de defend or protect. So they don't care. That's number one. Number two, it doesn't mean because you're up there and so you should be overconfident and say I'm capable. It is easy for those who are down there to pull you down because whoever is down there has nowhere to go. They're already down, so they're not troubled. But for those of you who are up there, praise God, and you think that, oh, I'm there, I'm okay. No, it will be easy for them to pull you down. Even in the physical, if you're up, you're standing up on this pulpit, praise God, you are always at risk to fall. Praise God. And the person that is down there will just say, well, the only thing that I have to do is to just make sure I pull him down. So if he comes down, he will break his hand, break his head, break his leg, or whatever, and he's going to be the victim. If you are up there, you will always be the victim because you have things that you are going to protect. Listen, you have a shame to hide. You have an integrity to protect. You have a status that you want to maintain. And so whenever you are always there, the demand is always upon you. The honest is upon you. And so those who are down there, don't look at them. Don't follow them. Because when the shame and disgrace come, they will just walk away and your name will be on the newspaper. Praise God. So this was the problem. He did that which was right, affiliated with the man that did that which was very wicked. In fact, the Bible says very wickedly. You see the King James English, the way he puts it. He said that who did very wickedly, praise God. Then the Bible says in verse 36, and he joined himself with him. This is the second time the Bible emphasizes on him joining. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, verse 35 says he joined himself. Verse 36 says again, he joined himself to let us know that this was the problem. Praise God. Unequally yoked. You want to live for God, somebody wants to live in sin. You want to please God, somebody wants to live in the world. You want to obey and fear God, another person wants to join the world and, and, and have a platform and be popular worldly. And then God is saying, you cannot be friend. You cannot get married. You cannot do business together. Praise God. Hallelujah. He says, and he joined himself with him to make sheep to go to Tashish. And they made the sheep. Take note of this. They made the sheep in, Ezek, in, in Az Azaba. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then the Bible says in verse 37, then Eliezer, the son of uh, Doviah, hallelujah, of Mashiach, prophet, 
He prophesied against Jehoshaphat saying, the prophet of God prophesied against Jehoshaphat saying, because, take note of this, this is the problem. Because thou hast joined, this is the third time the word show up. Because thou hast joined thyself with Ahaziah, the Lord had broken thy works. Who break his works? Not the devil. Who break his works? Devil. In the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Satan looks at you and says, what did I do wrong again? What does this concern me? There are some problems that you go through. It's not of the devil. It's just the principle that you break that is affecting you. Praise God. He joined himself with this man and the Bible says God determined to destroy their visions. You have a business plan. You have a vision in life. You have a calling of God upon your life. You want to please God. And the friends that you are associating yourself, the people that are running around you are people that are not going anywhere in life. Praise God. And this has affected a lot of people. I remember in our days, I remember when we were in school, hmm, the high school that I attended was interesting. In that school, you see ministers, kids who go to school with cars. At that time, can you imagine in those days, you know, when I moved from one secondary school to the next and that, that one was like something else. You see lawyers, kids, they, they were bluff. Go with cars, go with this, go with that to school. They have money and all, they were running around with girls and those sort of things. Because why? They are in government. And in those days, some of us were just quietly looking and watching and mapping our own focus in life. <laughs> because we don't want to get to the level that we don't belong. The same liquids find their level. And so after we finished with school, some people went to universities, others went somewhere, some a lot of them travel because, you know, they have all the influence and connection. That was Prince of Wales, you know. And so their kids were traveling. We waited, God, that will be done. They went to London. My brother can testify about what is going on in London because he lived there for several years. The very first time I went to London, I, 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 I returned to Canada with a broken heart. I was shocked. I'm talking about London, England. I'm not saying London, Ontario now. When I went there, I saw most of my colleagues were drug addicts. I saw one was working like this. Another one was in prison. I tried my best to reach him. I could not. Others were just, they were, their lives were falling apart. Why? Because in those days, when they came out from very good home, right? Wealthy homes. But they got themselves affiliated with the wrong companies, wrong group of people. Some of them, as I'm speaking, some of them have even lost their lives. Praise God. Last week I said to you, make your friends before you need them. And don't allow them to choose you as a friend. You choose them or else. Said no. Praise God. Say no. So the Bible says that Jehoshaphat joined himself with Isaiah and the Bible says that God judged them. He was doing well in his business. He was doing well in his marriage. He was doing well with his family. He was doing well with his leadership. He was doing well with his calling. He was doing well obeying God. He was doing well in the nation. Oh, his testimony was clean and pure and perfect. He had a legacy. He had an unending legacy. And yet, the moment he got to this man, his life changed. 
There are some friends that you get yourself connected, some business partners, some people that you've married, praise God. Some, there are some family, the moment you enter in there, they were idol worshippers that you never knew about it. And you say, I love baby, baby is pretty. I love baby, I'm dying for baby. The Lord says, ah, bro, can you please wait? And depend on me. He said, but God, if I miss this one, I, don't, I can't miss a woman like this. God says, if that believeth shall not make haste. And you say, God, this one I will make not only haste, but I will make a rush. And God says, go ahead. Since the day you married, baby, they started beating you. They'll beat you overnight, beat you in the morning in their dream, beat you in the night. A dog will come and chase you. And up till today, you are having that demonic experience. And you bring the case to pastor and say, Pastor, please, pray for my deliverance. Pray for my deliverance. And then the pastor, as soon as he opened his mouth, God said, if you don't close it. Where were you when he was disobeying my instruction? Where were you? This was what happened in, 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 in the book of Numbers. The Bible says whatever cause God will bring upon them, whatever judgment God will bring upon them, he will bring upon you, you that followed after them. Praise God. Oh, pastor, I'm doing my business. Thank God the business is booming. I'm trying by the grace of God. Every day you have a testimony, a new testimony. Another businessman came and says, uh, oh God, let's do this thing together. Let's do it fast, fast. You're slow. You're slow. And I can do it better, Rob. Bring me 40,000. You brought 40,000. He brought 60,000 to show you that he's serious. And then the Lord says, take back your money. He said, but Lord, he, in fact, he put, he put more into it than I do. God says, I please take your money. He said, but God, I trust him. He's my friend. The business began. Everything was like going smooth initially. And suddenly, things changed. What you didn't know was that that guy is an idol worshiper somewhere. Is involved in occultism or demonic practices, and you never knew about it. Or maybe he's even an underworld agent, you never knew about it. Let me tell you, your friends will either make you or break you. You want me to say that again? Your friends, they will either make you or they will break you. Praise God. Friends are like elevators. You know what an elevator is, right? That takes you up the building and brings you down again. There are some friends that will, whenever anything good comes, they will come by you and raise you up and raise you up and raise you up and raise you up. And before you know, you'll get to where you're supposed to go. Good friends. Praise Lord. Lovely, godly friends. Praise the Lord. But there are some friends, the moment you get on board, wow. Instead of going up, you'll be going down so fast, like, and by the time you know it, you're down. And you begin to wonder, what is wrong with me? Hallelujah. So the Bible says that he was doing, Jehoshaphat was doing business, making ships and stuff. Did that mean that this guy was an engineer? He was wealthy, building ships. Can you imagine what it was like in those days? He was wealthy. He had money. Praise God. But when the prophet of the Lord came and spoke to him, he says, because thou hast joined thyself with Isaiah, the Lord had broken thy vision. Destroy your works. Destroy your dream. Destroy your focus. And you are looking. It's like me now without the glasses. You're like, ah, you're struggling. The vision is there. The plans are still there. But you cannot see why. Because the spiritual sight, the favor, the glory, the grace that God gave to you, that you used to use to see, the favor that covers you, you go somewhere without saying a word. They just say, come in, come in, come in, you come in. And then you are wondering, others have been queuing out there for hours. And they pick you out and call you in. Sign the same papers they are waiting for. Gave you the contract. And you are working well. And it was okay. But since you get connected, even though you have the vision now, God says you're going nowhere. That will not be your case in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jehoshaphat was detained. He was deprived. He lost his vision. He's, he lost his business. He lost his dream. Not only that, 
his leadership was also in trouble. Wrong association. Praise God. We must be very, very careful in life with our relationships, our friendships, our communities, our nations, our people. Praise God. Let's look at the second man by the name of Bela. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Numbers 23. Numbers 23. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Numbers chapter 23. Are we there? I will read from verse 10. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm in Deuteronomy. Numbers 23. I was in Deuteronomy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll take it from verse, um, from verse 8. How shall I curse whom God had not cursed? Or, how shall I defy whom the Lord had not defied? Take note of this now. For from the top of the rock I see him, and from the hills I behold him, that is Israel. Lo, the people shall dwell alone, and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Praise God. Who can count, take note of this now, who can count the dust of Jacob and the number of the fourth path of Israel? Praise God. La, let me die, take note of this now. He prays, he says, let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. Did you see that? The Bible says Balaam, when he looked at the children of Israel, had him planned to curse them and all of that and realized that they are blessed and that the hand of God was upon them, and the glory, the favor of God, they were untouchable, and these are the seeds that are, are, are the offspring of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He desired, take note of this now, he desired their righteousness, he desired their way of life, he desired the, the glory and the covering, and he said, let me, in verse 10, he says, let me die the death of the righteous, and let my last end be like his. He wanted to be like Jacob. Or the people of God. Let me die the death of the righteous. Take note of those words. Let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. A man that desired righteousness. He desired to die the death of a righteous. He desired to live the life that pleases God, even though he was not in line with God's word. He was not obedient to the things of God. But when he looks at what God was doing for God's people, hallelujah, he envied. He wanted to be like them. He says, I desire to die the death of a righteous. Now, look at Joshua chapter 13, verse 22. Joshua 13, 22. The man that just prayed or just requested that he will die the death of a righteous, see how he died. See how Balaam died. Praise God. Joshua 13, 22. Are we there? What does this say? Let's go together. Hallelujah. Balaam also, the son of Baal, the soothsayer. How can this man end up becoming a soothsayer? It's like a seer in those days, but in a negative way. The soothsayer, take note of this now, did the children of Israel slain with the sword among he was slain with the sword among them that were what? Were slain by them. Praise God. 
The man that prayed, Lord, help me to die the death of a righteous. He desired to live like a righteous. He wanted to please God. He wanted to do the things of God. His aim and aspiration was like, oh, I want to be like the righteous. He ended up dying in the hands of the righteous. They ended up killing him among the hidden, among idolaters, among evildoers. He died. The man that says, let me die. The death of a righteous ended up dying as a sinner among sinners. Killed by God's own people. Why? He was with the idolaters. He was with them. He joined affinity with the people and the nations that God said Israel should not affiliate themselves with. Maybe that has been your case. Oh Lord, I want to be holy. Lord, make me righteous. Lord, I want to please you. Lord, you know my heart. You know how much I love you, Lord. Uh, Lord, you are crying in those days when the fire was there, the glory was there, the anointing was there. You can kneel down on your knees. You are crying, Lord, don't let me go. Lord, if I die, let me die. Lord, if I live, let me live. Lord, I will love you till eternity. Oh, Lord, I give myself to you. Lord, I covenant my spirit so you. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Every morning. Every day and every night, you pray, you cry, you fasted, you worship, you do Bible studies, you do all night, you seek the Lord, you are faithful, you maintain your integrity, and then suddenly, some ungodly friends, some ungodly connections, some, some, some sinful relationships, praise God, some worldly, worldly affiliations crept in. Your friend, your friend, your friend, your friend. Oh, it's my sister. You're my sister. They're my brothers. Uh, Pastor, I know them. Don't worry. I can trust them. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. The things that looks okay now will become your death trap tomorrow. And so now, you no longer serve God as you used to. That desire is gone. Your first love, gone. Your consecration, gone. Your prayer life, gone. You are an ordinary sister now, an ordinary brother. Now, when you pray, not oh Lord anymore. Oh, when is he gonna say amen? I'm so tired. I'll just be like going home. Why? Before you don't yawn in the presence of God. What is yawning? You are sweating. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! Ah, it's a pray. But now, the moment you pick the Bible, you are like, oh, you don't even understand what you're reading. You are looking at the scripture. You are reading it over and over again. A veil has covered you. You cannot get the revelation that you used to get again. But the moment the phone rings, you, you are the fastest. You can type and respond. Within a second, you already responded to the message. But you cannot respond to the word from the Lord, from the Bible. Your first love has gone. Your first zeal has gone. Your commitment and consecration has gone. If Samson could not stand unequally yoked, if Solomon could not stand unequally yoked, if Peter could not stand unequally yoked, if Balaam could not stand unequally yoked, if Jehoshaphat could not stand unequally yoked, who do you think you are? You will not succeed it. Or you will not survive it. Praise God. I told you, if God gives you a warning, be serious about it. And no joke. Let it be zero tolerance. Praise God. Hallelujah. There are certain mistakes you make in life. Take note of this now. You will never ever be able to correct those mistakes. In fact, those mistakes will continuously hurt you till you die. 
That's number one. There are certain mistakes you will make in life. You will correct them, but the amount of scars and the price that you will pay for that correction, hey, you, you will ever live to regret it because you got into such mistakes. Praise God. And then there are some mistakes in, in, you will make in life that will definitely kill you. They will definitely kill you. You got to be very, very careful with your Christian. Be very serious. And let me say this to you. You see, this life is only, there is only one opportunity that we have to make it right for eternity. You want me to say that again? We only have one chance upon the face of this earth to make it right to get to heaven. But the day a person closes his or her eyes, that's the end. No more chance or chances. That's the end. Why would you gamble your life when you don't even know when you're going to die? That's the most fearful part. You don't know what holds tomorrow. You don't know the next few hours. You don't know anything absolutely about it, but yet you still gamble. You still take a chance. It's a big risk. You compromise every day. Praise God. You live with the same mistakes over and over and over again like Samson. He went three times to Delilah. Delilah betrayed him. And he kept going until he lost his life, lost God's glory, lost his testimony, his reputation. Eventually, he died a disgraceful death. Praise God. There are some mistakes that you will make in life. You become a perpetual shame and disgrace. Everywhere you pass, you will lose your, 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 all your reputation, your integrity, your, your status, your name. You will lose. Is it not the man that killed that woman's child? Every time this. Is it not that man, that wicked man that killed that woman's child? Why? Because what you've done can never, that scar can never be removed. Praise God. Compromise has eaten you up. There are some Christians, they have no spine to say No. No to wrong relationship. No to wrong decision. You're working at the bank. They say, come sign the paper. And you know that the manager is about to, to put you into trouble. And he says, don't worry about it. We can deal with it. I'm, I'm in charge. Tell Oga manager, hey, hey, you can fire me, but I won't do this. I won't do this. I won't do this. You are working in a place where the manager is saying, oh, you look so pretty. You look so sexy. You look so wonderful. Oh, pretty girl, I will give you the next promotion that is waiting. You know what? In fact, you are going to deputize me. Why won't we go home and we sleep together? Say, oh God, you and your so-called position go to hell and go now, but I'm not coming home with you. Praise God. Maybe you are working in a place where everybody will be what? The same compromising situation. They go overnight or go somewhere and then they ended up drinking alcohol and they are doing all sorts of things out of the way. And they kept doing that over and over and over again. And so now they are inviting you. Come join our club. Come join our meeting. Oh, it's a nice place to go. You don't need to worry about it. There's nothing wrong about it. There's nothing wrong. In fact, you can smoke a little bit of jot. You can smoke a little bit of cigar. And you can also drink a little bit of wine. In fact, that, that particular day is not a problem because the pastor won't even know. Your church members are not going to be there. In fact, God is a merciful God. God won't get angry about it. That one jot will become an addiction to you that will ever, forever take you down to your grave. Praise God. Be very careful. Let's look at some issues of wrong association and what we ought to do when 
we, 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 we are tempted or we got into situations like that. In fact, the Bible says when sinners entice us, we should not be consented. Praise God. Don't allow them to, to, uh, to, to siphon you. Don't yield to their temptation. See Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28 verse 7. Are we there? Hallelujah. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 7. Whosoever keepeth the law is, he, is a wise son. If you keep the word of the Lord, you are a wise daughter. You keep the word of the Lord, you are a wise son. Praise God. Do you see that there? Whosoever keepeth the law is a wise son. But, do you have but in your translation? He that is a companion of righteous men, shameth his father. If you join people that are wayward, useless friends, huh? you, you, are, you are a very decent woman, very decent man, you know, very God-fearing, very obedient, very humble. You came from a very good home. And you have this reckless friend that doesn't care about anything. She can sleep with any kind of man and say, come, let's go. In fact, these guys are sugar daddy. They have money. Ah! They are stinking language. Let's just, just, just go see them one night. If I, for them, just, if I don't do anything, in fact, I'm there with you. If I let us go, let us go there. We just go and see, and see what's happening. And, and, and uh, let's just go and have some fun. Several years ago, I remember a very sad story. Very decent, pure woman. This lady, when I said decent, pure, you understand, never betrayed herself. Kept herself over the years. It was a wicked friend. Took her to a house like that and said, let's go there and just have some party and some fun. Not knowing that these two, three people that were there, everybody has their own company, a companion. Before you go, this one disappeared, that one disappeared. She was left with this guy. And that is how the guy messed out for the first time. You know what I mean? And she came out destroyed. Not only that, she was pregnant for the first time, first thing she does, she came out destroyed. Her life was something else. Betrayed by a friend. Betrayed by the wrong people. Join a friend to go somewhere. You didn't know. You said, drive me to this place. I'll be back. In fact, we're just going to collect something. He has a gun somewhere. Went there and pulled the bullet. Kill somebody. And then that's the time you realize what you were doing. And he says, ah, what are you doing? What are you doing? He said, come on, let's go, let's go. When the cops will show up, they'll pick you up too. Because you are the driver and it's your car. People are in jail because of this nonsense. Wrong a situation. Wrong. Listen, any friend that doesn't have respect for your life, doesn't have respect for your God and your worship, he's not a friend, she's not a friend. Kick them out. You understand me? Any friend that doesn't have respect for your vision, where you are going, these are the reasons why I don't look for crowd. These are the reasons why I don't chase church member. No. If you want to go to hell, go. Me, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. If you want to leave this church, you can leave now. I don't have no problem with that. But when I stand here, my life is at risk. Because whatever I'm saying to you now, God is keeping record. Angels are watching. And if I say nonsense, when I go there, I will end up in hell because of the nonsense that I've said. If I refuse to tell you the truth, I will end up in hell because I refuse to tell you the truth. You might not like me. It may not be comfortable now. But tomorrow, when you ended up in a good home, life becomes the way it should be. And we eventually meet in heaven. You say, oh, pastor, pastor. I say, oh, bro, bro, sisters. Thank God we make it. Amen? Your Christian life is about life and death. It's not like, what shall I say? 
Hey, John, how are you? Fine. Mary, I see you today. Hey, Jacob. We're fine, we're fine, we're fine. We go home and drink. We go home and commit adultery. Go home and fornicate. Go home and lie. Go home and backbite. Go home and jealous. Go home and, and, and do idol worship. We'll come back again. The same recycling. Over and over again. What is your Christian life like? The Bible says when you got yourself with a righteous man, you will bring shame to your father. That will not be your case in Jesus' name. Back up to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14. Proverbs 4, 14. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14. It says, enter not into the path of the wicked. Don't enter. Even if he's a church member. She's a church member. They say, ah, he's the pastor's brother. He's the pastor's sister. Oh, ah, he's one of my mama's friends. He's uh, a sister. He's a brother in the Lord. A brother in the Lord. No, he's not a brother in the Lord if he's a wicked or an evil man or woman. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Do you see that in your Bible? Am I the author of the Bible? No. Who is the author? The Holy Spirit. He says, enter not into the path of the wicked. Don't join them at all. At all. You are too proud. Fine. Thank you, Jesus. I'm proud. Proud in the Lord. You are Christian life. You are too conservative. You are, lose yourself a little bit. You should be socializing. You should be friendly. Friendly and end up in hell. I don't want to be that friendly. Enter not. Do you see that there? Enter not. Don't say, pastor, I'll try it. It's just an experience. That experience will kill you. Those of you in universities, you, you, you left home, pure, young man on the file, young woman on the file, you got to college. By the time you return home, you become junk. And your parent looked at you and said, what has gone wrong with my daughter? What has gone wrong with my son? This was not the child that I raised. Why? They enter into the path of wicked men and women. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of the evil men. You're a politician. You see how they kill others and make ceremony and how they, 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 they massage the truth and they, they put it under the carpet and say, it doesn't matter. It's okay, it's okay, we can make it. We are, we, it's, it's our turn. We are in power. It is our own time to lead. It doesn't matter. Forget about the people. And then you are manipulating the, the resources or the wealth of the nation or you are doing the wrong thing while the innocent are dying when they raise their voices up unto the Lord and they curse you. That curse will come upon you and not only that, God will eventually judge you. Praise God. In chapter 24 of Proverbs, chapter 24, go there, we're still in Proverbs. I hope you love me this morning. If you don't love me, you know I always love you by force. Praise God. Proverbs 24, are we there? Verse 1 and verse 2. Be not envious against evil men. Do you see that there? Don't envy them. Pastor, look at the house that they live. Look at the, ah, Pastor, they are making it. It's all things. They are all vanity. They are perishable. Neither desire to be with them. Don't be envious of them. Don't even desire to be with them or to be like them. Praise God. For their hearts to death destruction. Praise God. The Bible says their hearts study destruction and their lips talk with mischief. They are wicked men and women. They study how to do evil, how to do wicked things. Praise God. Verse 3 says, True wisdom is an house builded. Hallelujah. And by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So be wise. Be wise, be careful. And have clear understanding as to what is going on around you. 
don't join the weekend. Let's go to the New Testament now, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. If you believe with me, you shout a big hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, are we there? Verse 9, what does it say? I wrote to you in an episode not to company with fornicators. Praise God. Let's go down, read it down to verse uh, 13. Not to company with fornicators. Yet, not altogether with the fornicator of this world, or with the envious or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye need to go out of the world. But now I write unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, praise God, with such and one, know not to eat, not even to eat with them. Or what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? Praise God. But then, uh, but then that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among themselves that wicked person. Praise God. Put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Don't associate with them. There's a saying that evil communication corrupts good manners. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. Chapter 6 verse 14. Are we there? What does it say? And God oh so second, second Corinthians I'm still in the first. Chapter 6 verse 14. Praise God. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship at righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion at light with darkness? Second Chronicles 19, verse 2. Second Chronicles chapter 19, verse 2. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Second Chronicles 19. Thank you, Lord. 19, verse 2. Hmm. Are we there? And Jehu, the son of Anani, the seer, went out to meet him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, here's the word of the Lord from the Lord to Jehoshaphat. The word of the Lord to Jehoshaphat, praise God. He said unto him, Shouldest thou help the ungodly? Shouldest thou help the oh, pastor? I just want to be nice. Shouldest thou help the ungodly? You're trying to play wise or play God. And love them that hate the Lord. Why would you love those that hate God? Therefore, take note of this. His wrath was upon thee from before the Lord. The wrath of God was upon him. He said, nevertheless, there are good things found in thee. In that thou hast taken away the groups out of the land. And has prepared thy heart to seek God. Shouldest thou help the ungodly, that ungodly man, that ungodly woman, that ungodly brother, and ungodly sister. Listen, let me, let me shock you now. The ungodly person is not just those that are outside the church. There are some ungodly that are in the church or in the churches today. I realize that young men now go to church just to look for women. Look for girlfriends. You know, I'm going to go chill in that church. Why? 
That is why if you go to a church where you see elderly people, you don't see much young people there. If you go to a church where you see a lot of uh, married couple, you don't see much single men there. But if you go to a church where you see a lot of young girls, hey, come see the flow. All the brothers want to be there. And that's the time you see pants down, you see pants sideways. That's the time you see boobs out, you see short skirts. You see all the fashion and all the show up. What are they doing? They go there socializing to pick up a girl. And so they don't go to nightclub again. They say, good ones are in church. So come to the church and get some. Praise God. That will not be our case in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We must be watchful. The Bible says, should thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord, those that hate the Lord. In fact, the Bible says, therefore, the wrath upon, therefore is the wrath upon thee from before the Lord. The anger of God came upon him in the presence of God. Thank God for his faithfulness. Hallelujah. There are wrong relationships, wrong friendships everywhere, even within the church. Within the church. You are in the church when the pastor is saying, this is the word of the Lord and this is the will of the Lord. You have a sister or a brother that will tell you, don't worry. Don't worry. You know, don't do this. You're too serious. Well, in fact, we're in the same church. Why would you take everything? So you, so committed to everything as if, ah, you're trying to show up for the pastor to see you. Those are brother fire extinguishers, sister fire extinguishers. They want to extinguish the fire in your life. Praise God. When you say the word of God says, it's, ah, you see, you see your own, you see, you see your own, you behave as if you are more religious, more godly than us. Are we not the same? We sing in the same choir. We pray in the same prayer meeting. Ah, we go for the same all night. What, what do you think? Sister, take it easy. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. That is their aim to do what? To slow you down. Praise God. There is a meeting and there is a, a, a decision that was made. A decision that was made, that particular sister is against that decision. Go pick phone and begin to text other sisters. Pastor, this kind of thing that he's doing, I don't, in fact, I don't buy into it. Trust me, trust me. For me, I'm out of this. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm not moved. I'm not impressed. This is a sister that is full of pride and arrogance. This is a sister that is not, is not she's not dead yet. She's still uh, alive in her sinful nature. So anything that is of God is offensive to her. And so she will come in She's that unbelieving believer that says hallelujah but doesn't believe wholly and solely in the counsel of God. So she will go in and manipulate other sisters and raise up an emblem of rebellion against maybe the pastor's wife, against the leadership, against the choir leader, against the prayer leader. And so every time you begin to wonder, where is this problem coming from? What is this this gossip, this lying, and this false rumor? Where is all this nonsense coming from? Not knowing that it's the same sister that pick up the microphone and say, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So it's like an insider. He's an unbelieving believer. Do not unequally yoke to such sisters or brothers, even from within the church. Hallelujah. Unhealthy conversation. Unhealthy conversation. Every time their conversation is about the pastor. The pastor. His target is the pastor. He's an agent of the devil. Haven't you seen that? I know it's not happening in this church, except otherwise, but I've seen that in many churches. Or if it is not the pastor, it's the pastor's wife. It is mama. This mama is so fussy. This mama is so busybody. 
This mama wants to do this and that. And all of that. And so they are pushing. They are pushing the target. Is there, you know what they are doing? They are spreading a dead, deadly venom. Or if, not, if it's not the pastor's wife, it is the choir master. If it is not the choir master, it's one particular sister that is in the church. So she wants to show herself. Or that particular brother. And the aim is to cause division. Praise God. And in the days of technology, don't talk about gossip. Gossip is normal now. They are even in the church while the pastor is preaching. See, I told you. It's like that. <laughs> and then they put one funny face. <laughs> so gossip is easy now. They'll be on the phone. You see, in fact, you can still be in the church. Whatever is going on in the church, somebody is at home crossing her leg, watching TV, and is watching the pastor. And then a sister is connecting that other sister on the phone, and they are, they are watching everything. And then they are texting messages. Hey, you go to a church like this. <laughs> silly you. He said, you too, silly you. So, ah, this church looks boring. We want to go to a place where they will say, God will bless you in Jesus' name. Let us shout, Amen. Shout a big hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You just coming from nightclub on, on Friday night for Saturday. And then, you know, we don't just care. Praise God. There is that insight of rebellion. That that individual will be pushing. They're pushing rebellion. Rebellion, rebellion, rebellion. So the pastor doesn't know what is going on. People don't know what is going on. But they're saying, where is this problem coming from? There is a particular brother that is there. Maybe an assigned agent of the devil. Watch out. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That unbeliever can be that individual in the church that betrayed the loyalty of the church. Betray other members, other members, friendship among yourself. A sister wants help. Another brother says, I will help you. Say, really? You want to help this sister? Ah, me, I don't help people like that. Mm -mm. That's why I don't have time. I go to church, I just praise the Lord and I leave. People's problem is not my problem. That's their business. Me, I don't help people. Be careful, Lord. Be careful. I'm warning you, be careful. Be careful of that sister. What is she trying to do? Poison your heart not to help the sister. The brother says, I will help you. And then, this sister went and told you now. You are trying, coming back behind her to tell this brother to be careful of this sister. What is wrong? Why are you suspecting her? In the church. Betrayal of friendship, betrayal of relationship, betrayal of leadership. I've seen in the same church. Same churches. Now, you see a sister who married to a particular sister, but in that very same church, he will be the pastor, the, the pastor will allow them to divorce themselves and marry to another sister in the very same church. What is worse than that? And these are some of the reasons why some sister will walk out of church and say, I don't go to church anymore. Some brother will walk out of church and say, I don't go. Ah, you church, church, just shut your mouth. I don't care about church. I don't believe I'll, I'll serve my own God my own way. In fact, I don't care. If, if, God, if God wants, let him do whatever he wants, you know. I, I don't care anymore. Why? That sister is now bitter. Why? Because you were seeing that other sister going after her husband. And you never said anything. And they started running around. Before you know it, this man started going with her. Before you know, he decided to divorce. You will try it here. I will kick you out. I'll do it. Honestly, I'll do it. If you're married, you stay. I, I, I spoke to someone some time ago, and this person was telling me about the wife and this and that. I asked this person one question. Do you love her? I can love anyone. I can love anything. Straight away, inside of me, I wanted to say something, but the Holy Ghost said, please hold it, hold it. 
Because I wanted to release. But Holy Ghost said, please, hold it, hold it. How can you? You marry a woman that you don't love. And if they ask you, you love her. Well, oh, yes, I love my wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every time I see Brother Victor and Sister Dora, I feel jealous now. See them. Hey, wow. <laughs> Praise God. Who dare you? Amen. But if you ask my brother now, how is your wife? Every time I ask him, oh, she's doing well. Oh, she's doing that. Oh, everything positive. We're good. Praise God. But if you are in a church wedding, you begin to suspect your husband. You are suspecting your wife. You are suspecting people. Because uh, 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 why would the brother go around my wife like this? Why is this sister talking like this to my husband? And, then, and why would they feel suspicious? Why? Because you are not trustworthy. There's no integrity within the leadership or within the church. There's no standard. Praise God. It's like a business now. Everybody going for worship or fellowship. At the end, nobody's accountable to nobody. Everybody go home. We say amen and the grace. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So there's always a betrayal of leadership, relationship, friendship, and all of that. We see promotion of discord. Promotion of discord. Gossip. Bad-mouthing. Backbiting. That is why people are always behind. Backward. You know, and they fail in life. Why? Because they keep spreading false news and false rumor about the next person. Everybody to you is a suspect. Everybody, you ask, you ask, bro, how is that sister? I mean, I don't know. You are not, you, yeah, people are wicked. They are psychologically manipulating. They, if they, if they, they have something against the sister that they want to tell you, they may not tell you direct. How is sister Grace? That is sister Agnes asking me now for sister Grace. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But the way I said that, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Right away, Sister Agnes knows that something is there that Pastor is not telling me about Sister Grace. And then Sister Agnes wants to know, oh, Pastor, what happened? <laughs> you know me, I don't know. But you know, some people, you have to be very careful about them. That's, um, what, what all those nonsense about? How is Sister Grace? Fine. Ah, she's doing well. Oh, by the grace of God. Ah, she's okay. Let it stop there. Positively. But I'll begin to say a lot of nasty and negative things to, to Sister Agnes about Sister Grace. And Sister Grace now, the moment Sister Agnes sees Sister Grace, she's a suspect. Because that brother or that pastor said, why won't we stop this dirty habit in the churches? For those of you who are watching, I'm not experiencing this in this church. Oh. God is a witness. I stand in the presence of God and I lie not. I don't experience that. I have never had a time over the years to sit with my members to talk case. Hey, Michael, tell me what happened between you and Brother Alex. It has never happened. I've never called Brother Felix. Hey, Brother Felix, tell me what happened between you and Brother Ibrahim. I have never. I don't know when was the last time. Praise God. So pastors, for those of you who are watching, if you want to save your head, preach sound doctrine. Let your members live right. Praise God. Do the will of God so that there will be that trust among ourselves, there will be unity, there will be mutual understanding, there will be love, there will be transparency. Hallelujah. And it will cut to the point where we will trust God and trust each other. But what we see now is that people are in the church, but they don't trust the church, they don't trust the leadership, they don't trust each member. Everybody's looking at his or her own back. Why? Because they're afraid of the next person. Praise God. You are in the church and you have a dream. You have a vision. 
God called you. God anointed you for a particular purpose. But every time you want to take a step, that brother will sort of like tell you things that will bring you back. Hey, take your time. Take your time. Hey, you don't know what I know. If you know what I know, it's a lie. He didn't know nothing. Nothing, absolutely. He doesn't know anything. What he's trying to do is to reverse you so that he doesn't feel bad in the church. Because the pastor says, let's go for this meeting. And he's coming for the meeting. And then he is not coming. Right? This other guy is not coming. But when you want to come for the meeting, I say, I'm warning you. Every time this church talks in you, your zeal, I don't know. Why are you so crazy about this church? If you know what I know. Huh, I'll tell you what you know. What you know is evil. Praise God. Somebody wants to stand by faith. Say, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. This situation will be okay. Say, ah, you see. You see. See. What are you talking? What kind of nonsense is this? The man is saying, I believe God by faith. I believe God. I believe God. Ah. But if you believe God now, so what? What? We believe God too. We also believe God. You know what they are trying to do? So wipe away your faith. You are believing God. You are desperate because you know where the thing is pinching you. You know your pain. But this person is trying to wipe away your zeal, your faith. Praise God. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. That is the level of ungodly, wrong association or relationship. Let's look at the godly ones. Hallelujah. In the book of Proverbs chapter 20. Let's still stay at Proverbs and Psalms quickly. Proverbs chapter 20. Praise God. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Proverbs chapter 2, sorry, verse 20. Uh, Proverbs yeah, chapter 2, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 20. Are we there? Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 20. Are we there? It says, wisdom cried. Oh, sorry, chapter 1 I'm reading. Chapter 2, verse 20. Hallelujah. It says that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the path of the righteous. Walk in the way of good men and keep the path. Of, in fact, let me take it from verse 18. For her house inclined unto death and her path unto the dead. Praise God. Verse 19. None that go to her return again, neither take they hold of the path of life. That is to say, if you go into a strange woman, you will lose your path in life. It says that thou mayest walk in the way of the good man and keep the path of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Proverbs 13. Proverbs chapter 13. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 20. Chapter 13, verse 20. Praise God. Am I blessing you this morning? Amen. 13, 20. What does it say? He that walketh with wise, sorry, with wise men shall be wise. Do you see that there? I wanted to say wisdom. He that walketh with what? Wise men shall be wise. Choose your friends. Choose your relationship. But a companion of fools, what's going to happen? Shall be destroyed. Build your friends now. Make your friendship now before you need them. Don't join fools. You have money. Let's go to the mall. You're spending. You don't just swipe it. And then when the bill comes, you look at your thing and say, Ah, Lord of mercy. What? They stole my money. No, you stole yours from yourself. 
Because you were stealing from yourself while you were swiping at the mall. You didn't know. So, they said, let's buy this. You buy. Let's buy that. Which one? High heel. The red one. Yes. The blue one. Yes. Or the green one. Yes. Kuchi. Yes. Kucha. All of that you are getting. You get Kuchi, Kucha. High one, low one, smooth one. All of that. What you didn't know that is that you were swiping your destiny. When you check the, the bill that came plus the interest is 1000 something. My God! Oh God! Oh my goodness! Oh, they stole my money! Thieves, you are your, your own thief. Praise God. It is there in your Bible. He that walketh with wise men shall be what? Shall be wise. Liquid find their level, so. Shall be wise. Praise God. If you want to be wise, walk with wise men. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You see that there? Companions of fools. 21 says, evil persuades sinners, and to the righteous, good shall be what? Repaid. So for the evil, what is coming after, for the uh, evil men, what is coming after them is evil. But for the righteous, what is coming after them is what? Is good. Evil persuades sinners, but for the righteous, good will follow after you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 119, verse 63. Psalm 119. Verse 63. 119 verse 63. Thank you, Jesus. Let me speed up. 119 verse 63. Are we there? I am a companion of all them that fear thee. You see that? The psalmist says, I am a friend of those that fear you, Lord. I am a companion for, of them that obey you. A companion for them that love you. A companion of them that will do your will. And of them that keep thy precept. I am a companion of them that, what? That fear you and keep your precept. He says, verse 40, uh, 64, he says, The earth of the Lord is full of mercy, of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Praise God. Walk with those who walk with God. Psalm 119, it says, There is blessing for those who obey God, those who walk in His counsel, those who don't sit, in this, uh, 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 sit among the scoffle, but those who delight are in the law of the Lord, and in the law of the Lord they meditate day and night. You see that in Psalm 1. And let's look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. Proverbs 18, 24. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. Are we there? A man that had friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh close, closer than a brother. You see that? A nice friend. A good friend is like a brother. When there is a problem, they are there for you. Always there for you. Not those that will come and suck you out. You can see Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7 to verse 8. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 14. You can take note of that. Be careful of the people that you trust in your life. The, be careful of the people that you, you want to go around with in your life. Be careful of the people that you discuss your personal life to. Be careful of those that you share things with. Careful of those that you want to join affi affiliation with. Be careful of your business partners. Be careful of those that you say, I love you, I love you. Who are you loving? What are you loving, by the way? Be careful of everything around you. Separation is key for your victory. Separation, listen, it is a goodness. This is a very good key for you to excel in life. Separation is profitable. Separation gives you advantage in life. Separation prepares you for excellence in life. Separation enables you to be effective with your, in your relationship with God and with your fellow men and even in service. So 
do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Separation enhances our, our, our consecration, praise God. It preserves our faith, hallelujah. It empowers our fellowship and our worship with God. Separation enables us to resist and reject and refuse sin and the world, hallelujah. It gives us grace to keep our focus and to continue to trust God. Who are your friends and who are you relating with? I want you to know that you are under divine surveillance. God is watching you every day. There's no secret under the sun. Everything that you do, heaven sees you, heaven knows about it, and heaven understands. Whether it is in the darkest dark, God sees you, he knows it, and he understands. Praise God. Let me give you some godly warning. Hallelujah. Number one, if you are going to excel in this life by living a life of separation, the very first thing you need to do is to keep God's word diligently. Keep God's word diligently. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 to 23. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 to 23. Keep God's word diligently. Proverbs 6, 20 to 23. I'll be fast. Amen. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy heart. Keep them in your heart. Tie there. Tie them about thy neck. Verse 22. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, do you see that there? It shall keep thee. That is security, direction, praise God. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. Praise God. Conversation with the word. Hallelujah. 23. For the commandment is a lamp that is light, direction, clarity. It is a lamp and the law is light. Wow. Wow. And reproof for instruction are the way of life. Reproof for instruction. These are the way of life. And the better way of life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number two. Not only that you ought to keep God's word diligently. You need to hide yourself in humility and in the fear of God. Hide yourself. In humility and in the fear of God. This is very serious. Proverbs chapter 22. Hide yourself in humility and in the fear of God. Hide yourself. Hide yourself. Stop this showing off thing. Stop this bragging and this ungodliness and, and worldly attributes that are permeating your life. Stop it. Proverbs 22 verse 3 to verse 5. It says, A prudent man forsooketh the evil and hideth himself. You must hide yourself. But the simple pass on and are punished. Those that don't hide themselves, they want to show up. They want to join everywhere. They want to belong everywhere. They want to get involved in everything. The Bible says they are always punished. They are always going to be a victim. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 4. It says, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Do you see that there? Very, very important. This is so sweet and deep. By humility or through humility or with humility and the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. What are they? The Bible says they are riches and honor and life. Verse 5 says, tongues and snares are in the way of the fraud. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Keep your soul. Keep your soul. Number 3. Forsake not the good. Hosea chapter 8 verse 3. Forsake not the good. Hosea chapter 8 verse 3. This is interesting. Hosea chapter 8 verse 
Number three, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Continue to stay in the things that are good. Verse three says, Israel had cast off the things that is good. Do you see that there? When I read this verse, I feel chilly bumps all over me. This particular verse. Israel had cast off the thing that is good. And what is the consequence? He says the enemy shall pursue him. Do you see the problem there? If you do away with that which is good, you abandon that which is good, you keep against that which is good, you reject that which is good, the Bible says your enemy will pursue you. The powers of darkness will pursue you. Affliction will pursue you. Sickness will pursue you. Why? If you abandon that which is good. What is good? The word of God is good. Righteousness is good. Holiness is good. Purity of life is good. Obedience is good. Prayer is good. Faith, the love of God, and the love for one another. All of these are good that you ought to follow. Number four, maintain God's security upon your life. Maintain God's security upon your life. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. I'll read verse number 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8. Maintain God's security upon your life. When that security is there, that covering is there, maintain it. Don't go around and messing up and, make, uh, uh, and losing that opportunity. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8. Maintain God's security upon your life. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8. What does this say? Can we read together? After two, go. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. Praise God. And whosoever breaketh an edge, the serpent shall bite him. Am I the one that wrote this? There is always an edge of protection around you. But if you break that edge, the Bible says the serpent will bite. If you destroy that emblem of glory, that covenant of the Lord that God has placed upon your life, if you destroy it, you give access to the enemy. You create an opportunity for the enemy to hurt you. And that is why many Christians are victims. Not because, listen to this now, pay attention now, you are always covered. But if you remove the covering, the devil will have access. So many a times, what we fail to understand is that we are the very ones that remove the covering and the devil comes in, pop, and bites and go back. You have the venom. And you begin to say, Lord, what happened? You fail to understand that you open the covering. You remove the protection. Praise God. So many a times in our lives, we make ourselves victims by removing the covering, by breaking down the fence, by opening the curtains. And so the enemy says, oh, so you are there, bam, and then he moves out again. And then you are stayed out there with pain and agony. Keep the covering safe. Maintain your standard. Maintain your life of holiness, righteousness, purity. Demons will not know your name or your address. Praise God. Keep a prayerful life. Be effective in your devotional life. Be serious and be sober with the things of God. The Bible says it was Jesus that said, the priest of this world cometh, and he find nothing in me. So he has nothing to do. Why? Because he has nothing in me. Praise God. So the Bible says, if you break the hedge, the serpent will bite. He won't bite as long as the edge is there. The security, the covering of God is there. Hallelujah. Hosea, back to Hosea. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hosea, are we there? Chapter 2, verse 6. Chapter 2, verse 6. There's an interesting scripture here that I want to show. 
Hallelujah. He says, therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with tongues. This is what God will do to the children of Israel. It's going to be tongues round about them, round about them, round about them, as a fence or an edge of protection. Praise God. Take note of this. I will edge up thy way with tongues and make a wall. Praise God. Use the tongues to make wall. That she shall not find her path. Praise God. These are the kind of prayers that we should be praying as Christian. God, build a world of tongues round about me. So if I want to go to the right, that thing will poke me, I'll come back in. If I want to go to the left, it will poke me, I'll come back in. But many a times, we want the Christian life to be a bed of roses. God says, yes, lie on the bed of roses, but around you, I'll put tongues around. So you can't get out, and the enemy can't come in. I'm doing it for your good. Praise God. There's a song that we used to sing, all things working for my good, it is intentional. Amen? There are certain things that God will do. God will do it on a purpose. And he will do that for your sake because he loves you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number five, number five, make no compromise or agreement with the world. No compromise or agreement with the world. Proverbs chapter 24. I'm almost there. Proverbs chapter 24. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 24. Are we there? Verse 11. Sorry, verse 21. 24, 21. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 24, 21. My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and mean do not with them that are given to change. Fear thou the Lord and the king. Don't join those who are easily changing. Those that are given to change. Today they will say hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And tomorrow they will be dancing and doing something in the world. Today they are in the pond, tomorrow they are out of the pond. You say, Pastor, trust me. Oh, bro, I will do it. Oh, sis, I will do it. And tomorrow they say, I don't think I will do it anymore. They cannot be trusted. You cannot depend on them. You cannot believe them for anything. And this is dangerous. Please look up and look at me. Very interesting. Be careful when you relate with unbelievers. When you want to trust them above your God, you're going to be disgraced and embarrassed. When you take the words of men above the words of God, you are going to be embarrassed. I'm telling you the truth. It is, it is sure. Don't worry. Trust me. Just believe me. Just believe me. Oh, it's going to work. It's going to work. What you didn't know is that they were digging your own pit for you. These very same people are, are not trustworthy. Hallelujah. So don't mingle with those that are easily changing. Today they say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The other day, I don't know whether I could believe God or not. Well, you are you not the one saying thank you, Jesus? How come now you're saying you don't know whether you believe God or not? The time at which we're living is a time of evil. It's a time of sorrow. It is it's a time of great depression and great discouragement. You can see people that will say Jesus today, tomorrow they say no. Hey, 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 breaking news. Things are not getting better. They are going from bad to worse. And you know what's going to happen? Things are going to get worse than this. I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not negative. This is just true according to the, your Bible. Read it. If you read your Bible, you know that things are not going to get better. But my point to you is when the worst comes, are you going to be able to stand? Do you have enough stamina to face the storm that is about to beat our world? Now, you see that government are clearly demonstrating their level of power or authority that they have over you, the citizen. They will tell you, stay home. You have to stay home. 
They will tell you, wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. The next time they will tell you, by force, you must take the vaccine or you don't buy, you don't sell. What are you going to do? They will tell you, all churches must be, be closed down. What are you going to do? Nobody should say Jesus. Nobody should call Jesus. What are you going to do? It takes those who are strong, those who have the stamina, those who have the fortitude, those who are tenacious enough to say, God, come rain, come shine. I have decided to follow you. No more turning back. No more turning back. Just write this. I will read this. Proverbs 11, verse 21. Proverbs 11, 21. It says, Though I am joining in, the wicked shall not go unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. So don't join in with unbelievers. Don't join the wrong group. Our churches today are so intoxicated with what I call pseudo-Christianity. We are so intoxicated with pseudo-Christianity. Everything is based on manipulation, is based on material gain, and everything is about the feel-good syndrome. Oh, you come to church, you just feel good. Not transformed. Come to church, you just feel good. And these are the reasons why somebody will be dying and going to hell. Say, oh, let's encourage him. Let's encourage her. Encourage them. Encourage him or her. But they are going to hell. They still disrespect and disbelieve God. He says, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them. That's fine, that's okay, that's okay. They are living in sin. He says, oh, encourage them, encourage them. They hate God, encourage them. Encourage them in what? For what? And why? When their souls are lost. Beloved, the church is called the light of the world. Hallelujah. And the value of a light is known in the midst of darkness. And we're in the dark age. And so we must shine as light. Praise God. Stars don't struggle to shine. Praise God. And shining is the attribute of a star. Hallelujah. But the interesting thing is that the stars cannot shine without darkness. So in the midst of the dark world, we must shine in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We must shine. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the situation is. We must shine. Don't waste your chances. Don't waste the time. Don't waste your potentials. Don't waste your life. Don't join the wrong company. Be sober. Be vigilant. The Bible says your adversary, the enemy, is like a roaring lion. But he is seeking for someone to devour. In this life, you will not be a victim in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But in this life, you will be in accordance with 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Last verse to verse 18. That is one of our texts. Let's go back there. Let's read it as we close. What does the scripture say? It says that we should come out from among them, 2 Corinthians, and be separate. Separate at work, separate at school, separate even, even if your family members are, are not living right. Make sure you are separated. Don't do the things that they do. Don't live the life that they live. Be careful of our word. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Are we there? I'll read it again. It is our first verse that I gave. Verse 14. 14 down to verse 18. And I want to master on verse 18 in the next one minute. And we'll pray. 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship... At righteousness with unrighteousness. And what communion at light with darkness? And what concord at Christ with Belial? Or what partner? Hallelujah. Or what part at he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement had the temple of God with idol? For ye are the temple of the living God. Do you see there there? As God had said, what did God say? I will dwell in them. Do you want God to dwell in you? Do you want God to be part of your life? That will be your portion in Jesus' name. And walk with them. Do you want God to walk with you? That will be your portion in Jesus' name. I will be their God. Do you want him to be our God? That will be our portion in Jesus' name. And this shall be my people. Are we going to be God people? That will be our portion in Jesus' name. 17 says, Wherefore, come out 
from among them. Come out from that sinful lifestyle. Come out from that wrong relationship and friendship. Come out from that secret society. Come out from that ungodly affiliation and be ye separate. See the Lord. Who is speaking? Not the pastor. The Lord is saying. And touch not the unclean thing. When you do this, the Bible says God said something. God says, I, Jehovah, I will receive you. Praise God. And at the end, he's not just going to receive you. Verse 18 says, I will be a father unto you. You want God to be a father unto you? That will be the greatest privilege ever in this life. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Imagine the Almighty says, I will receive you. You will be my son. You will be my daughter. Imagine such privilege. Are we going to choose the world or are we going to choose God? If you are going to choose God this morning, I want you to stand to your feet and say, Lord, it doesn't matter what the world will offer me. I will not compromise. I will not define myself with the kingsmith or the things of the world. I will not allow myself to go down. Stand to your feet as we pray and ask God for grace and ask him for strength. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him to enable you and to empower you. Ask him to give you the grace. The Bible says the race is not for the swift, not the battle for the strong. 